Hello, everybody. Welcome to Therapy Dog Talk. My name is Sherry. My pups' names are Sunny and Riley. And each week we talk with different therapy dog teams around the world about the impact that they're making in their area. If you're just getting started or not sure where to get started, we have a free guide for you that you can find at freeguide.therapydogtalk.com. And we also have a free community you can join at community.therapydogtalk.com. I am really looking forward to talking to Kennedy about her experiences with her dogs, Remy, and oh my goodness, mind blank, so sorry, Finn, I believe. Yes, Remy and Finn. Finn is her little four-month-old prospect. So looking forward to getting them in here and having a conversation. Hi. Hi. How are you? Good. How are you? Oh, Remy's like, what is that? (laughs) Is that Remy? Yep. Rem. Hi. Remy. Kennedy, for those who don't know you, would you like to introduce us to yourself and your pups? Hi, I'm Kennedy. I am a child and adolescent therapist in Indianapolis. This is my dog, Remy. Remy works with me almost daily, don't you, girl? That's awesome. And then you have a four-month-old prospect, too, right? I do. Finn is running around somewhere in the yard. He's impossible to wrangle at this point. He's almost six months now, but still all that puppy energy. Very cool. Well, Kennedy, how did you first find out about therapy dogs? Our journey is kind of a little bit unconventional. I didn't seek out Remy to be a therapy dog, right? So I was finishing up grad school at Heron School of Art, and I think she became my therapy dog first. She was able to go to school with me there and interact with all the people like in my studio and in my space. I was like, huh, She's really got away with people. This was before I was even going to be a therapist. And we just kind of did everything together. And then COVID happened, right? And so now we're spending more and more time together. And I realized the impact she was having when we were able to meet with people after things started to open up. I was like, I guess therapy is my calling and it's hers too. (laughs) I love that. You kind of found it together. Yes. That's awesome. What was her journey like from there? Well, to start, she's actually a rescue. She's from our local, like, animal care and control. So she's pretty nervous when I got her. Yeah. And so, again, I didn't think she was going to, you know, that wasn't our goal, right? We were just going to be birds. She's going to be my dog. But like I said, she just kind of slowly started to come out of her shell and learn confidence and really just start to do things with me in friendly places. Mm -hmm. From there, it just really happened really naturally for us. I first started working at a middle school. And everybody brought their dog to the school. The ag teacher brought his collie, another teacher that brought her dog. So it was just the thing at the school. And I was like, all right, can I bring Remy too? And they were like, yeah, sure, absolutely. From there, I really saw the impact she was having with the kids. And I was like, oh, this is a thing now for real. So that's when my research really started, right? Like, what does it take to be a therapy dog? What kind of training does she need to have? Those sorts of things. At that point, we pursued her CGC, her urban community canine. There's one other one. I'm spacing the name right now. But we went and earned all those titles, basically. Did all this obedience, all this training, hours and hours and hours. Once I finished my time at the middle school, my next job, I was like, listen, I have this dog and we're kind of a team. And they were like, okay, (laughs) we'll take both of you then. And I was like, all right, wonderful. That's awesome. What was the process like for you to bring her? Did you have to do anything special to bring her to school or? She basically just had to prove that she was going to 
be okay there. I mean, the admin had to approve, teachers had to be on board, students and their parents had to be alerted, right? Like you can't just Mm -hmm. show up with a dog and not have like consent from everybody, but everybody on board and very happy to have her. But it's really that process of just getting everybody's consent and acknowledgement of there's a dog here. These are kind of the guidelines. Then now at our practice that we're at currently, I know we have insurance that covers her because, you know, she is a dog. The big thing really is just getting the consent from everybody. So when I get new clients, I'm like, by the way, it's me and Remy. Want to make sure that that's okay. But yeah, again, kind of natural and a little bit seamless. Yeah, I love it. She has such a great smile. She's the definition of I'm just happy to be here. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not. What kind of clients does she enjoy working with? So we see clients as little as like three and four, and okay. then we work all the way up to young adults. She really has a way with little kids, though. She's very, very patient, but also I work with them on boundaries. How do we communicate with Remy? And she just has this way, though, of like, I mean, when you're like a little kid, it's like, oh, this weird lady, and I'm going to go into this office, like what's yeah. happening? But when Rem's there, it's just different. They're just mm-hmm. like, okay, Remy's here. I know the dog. They can just get this sense from her that like she's very calm. So if they're not wanting to talk to me, they're definitely wanting to at least talk to Remy. Nice. Did you go through any pet therapy programs with her at all? We did a local program of dog therapy training and those expectations. I could have a better idea of like how she should be acting during session. But we don't volunteer at hospitals or when I worked at the school, I was employed there. A little bit different. We don't have to have those official (laughs) like certification or be part of a program because we are an independent sort of unit that works together. So we got hired and we get hired together. Yeah. We've had quite a few therapists on here who work with their dogs, whether they're out of school or whether they're private practice. And some of them go through organizations and some of them don't. So it just kind of depends on what your organization requirements are and what you need to do in order to get that insurance coverage, which I know you said you have. So, yep. yeah, that's awesome. Was the therapy dog training that you did helpful in terms of knowing what to expect for her? In those situations? Honestly, it was more helpful for me. That helps mm-hmm. me communicate to my clients the expectations because it's a relationship between them, right? Yeah. So I have to be use the right words and the right language so that they know how to interact with her so it's safe for both of them and so that she's comfortable but honestly she's a unicorn she's just very good (laughs) at her job we've done tons and tons of obedience training so the dog work was helpful for me but really obedience and us just working together and our bond is what really I think was helpful for her yeah I know you mentioned when you first brought her home, she was a little nervous. What did you work on with her that really helped her to overcome her nerves? I mean, all sorts of confidence building. When I brought her home, she would not walk through doorways. She wouldn't walk up and down stairs. I have a feeling she had a little bit of a rough past, right? Yeah. She's pretty nervous about everything, but just was really confidence building. So uneven services, treating mm-hmm. as she walks through doorways, going into lows just really exposing her to all sorts of things all of the time. Yeah. I think in our first 100 days, she either rode in the car with me or we went somewhere new. Just so when we do go into the office and whatever kind of happens, she's pretty bomb-proof. Yeah, that's great. Did anything surprise you in that training journey together? Uh, she did. Like I said, 
that got her that wasn't the plan. Yeah. You see therapy teams out there and their dogs are solid, right? They know what to do. They just have this flow with them because they've been working together. She's my first dog yeah. as an adult. And I'm like, I don't even know how to do that, right? So I had this end goal of, well, I want to be like that. And I want us to be able to communicate and work together. But I don't know how to get there. So yeah. it surprised me how well she did. But also it takes a lot of time. Mm -hmm. It definitely wasn't a thing we did overnight. Before she entered the middle school with me, we, we probably trained for two years. Okay. That answers my next question. Oh. I was curious from the time that you identified, oh, maybe there's something here to the time that you felt like you were ready to work together as a team what that time frame was. So it was two years for you. Yeah, just about two years. And even then when we started, we took it slow. She would go in a couple days a week, try it out, start slow. And recently, when I started at my most recent practices, when she started going with me every single day. But yeah, we just had to do a buildup to build up her tolerance. And, you know, it's every day checking in with her like, is she good? Is this a good day for her to come in? So one of the things that I tell my clients when I first get them, like, Remy might not be here. Remy yeah. sometimes needs time off. Remy needs her own mental health days too, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. How do you know when Remy needs a day off? How does she let you know that? I can just tell like after we've had a long day with clients, she's pretty tired. She comes home. She's not wanting to play with Finn, that sort of thing. So especially if it's been a couple of weeks since she's had a day off and I'm like, okay, I think I need to call it for her. Because she won't call it, right? Like, <laughs> in the morning, she sees me get my bag. She runs to the door. She's ready to go. But I have to really advocate for her and be like, listen, I know you want to go. <laughs> but I also can tell that yesterday was a lot. Or we've been working lots of days in a row. And I got to do what's best for her. Has she needed more time off since bringing home Finn? Uh, I don't know if she's needed more time off. But it's interesting that you brought that up. Because she's become such an integral part of my practice. Yeah. And because she is a dog and she needs her time and she can't show up every single day, which shouldn't be expected, right? Is one of the reasons why I got Ben. Yeah. So that we can balance out. He won't be ready. He probably won't be ready for another year and a half. He is full puppy energy. He's not the, quite have the same demeanor as her. But because I know that this is something that I want her to be able to do long term and I want to have dogs a part of my practice long term. Yeah. I really think for us and our team and our family, it made sense to bring in a second so that eventually they can kind of tag team a little bit more. Hopefully she doesn't get burnout because burnout is a real thing for therapists, but it's a real thing for therapy dogs too. Absolutely. What kind of self-care do you and Remy do together or separately? <laughs> I think the big thing is, again, like you see the therapy dog team, you see working dogs and they're on, right? But when we come home, she's a dog. Yeah. Like let's romp in the yard. Let's go for a hike. Let's, you know, get dirty, do all the things that dogs need to do. Yeah. That's another thing when we brought home Finn. As a puppy, she just didn't have that socialization and she really didn't do dog things. Mm -hmm. She didn't really play. I don't think I ever heard her bark until we brought Finn home. So he's been really good for her too because now she gets to come home and romp around and they play together. So I think he's been good for her in that sense too. Like, how do you just be a dog? A lot of times she lays around in session and she gets to nap and people think, oh, she's just sleeping. But she does have to be on her best behavior the entire time we're there, right? How old is she? She just turned four in January. Okay. And how old was she when she started working with you? Probably two-ish, one and a half. Okay. Yeah. She was pretty young still yep. then. 
Yeah. Again, Shorter just has a calm demeanor. Yeah. Like with Finn, I don't think he'll be ready at one and a half. He'll have a lot of puppy energy. She's kind of like an old soul a little bit, I think. <laughs> and that's okay. Adolescents can last till like three, depending on the dog. So, <laughs> so you got Finn planning to have Finn being a therapy dog then? Yes. What was that like for you? What did you look for in a dog knowing that that was your goal? Um, this was a huge process. Remy is a unicorn and it just kind of happened. And I knew that that probably wasn't going to happen again. Or I didn't want to take any chances, right? So when we were searching for Finn, it started off, I mean, we would go to dog shows and look at breeds and see the size of them and how they're interacting outside of the ring and all sorts of things. And we're talking to people about dogs, their demeanor and their typical personalities and temperament. Because, of course, each dog is different, but breed to breed, especially if you get an ethically bred dog, you can kind of get some predictability. And that's what was really important. So we've settled upon a field spaniel, which is what Finn is. When looking for that second dog, I was like, I just need a Remy. I need a dog with a Remy personality. So that's what led us to a field spaniel. From there, I reached out to a lot of different ethical breeders, you know, ethical breeders. They're interviewing you too. What are your intentions with their dog? That sort of thing. We settled on a really, really lovely breeder of merit and she's actually really close. Then from there, it was a waiting game because in that process, they do a lot of pairing you with the puppy. So I let our breeder know what we were looking for. And she was like, I will let you know when we feel like the right puppy has come along. Because they do sport or show or pet for families, that sort of thing. So it was really a waiting game. Then eventually Finn did come along. But along with that, there's the caveat of he has all the potential there, right? But he may not turn out. It may not be his calling. So that was a risk we had to take so far. He's doing really well and he's very receptive. He's very biddable. And I think he's going to do great. But we did a lot of legwork up front to try to get a predictable a dog with the right temperament to, you know, follow in Remy's shoes. Yeah. Cheyenne says they have one rescue and one dog from a breeder as well. And she loves both of them. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> this is my heart dog. So she has my heart and soul. And then as well, he's been a fantastic addition. As she said, both are therapy dogs with their own talents and strengths, which you probably know if you've been listening to the podcast. So, yep. That's Tiana and Marty. And then Toby says Remy is the best girl. <laughs> I would agree, Toby. <laughs> Her ears perked up a little at that name. Does she know the name Toby? She might. That was really cute. I love that. Do you have a story you can share about why you enjoy having Remy partner with you in your work? Oh, man, I feel like I have endless stories, but I can think of particularly smaller kiddos that come in really reserved and really like they need services, right? And they've been searching for the right fit. They've been searching for the right person or the right place to be. And it's hard. It's hard being a kid already. And it's hard being a kid needing some type of service, right? But the connection that I see when she makes with little kids and is able to bridge that gap, open that door. Yeah. This is why we do the work that we do. Yeah. I can think of one little kiddo in particular. We were really working on communication and being really clear with our communication, emotional communication, but also getting our needs met because that plays a big role in how you're able to regulate and that sort of thing. 
When I was able to see them interact with Remy, ask Remy for what they need, and Remy respond, and that just like light over their head, like, whoa, it works. If I ask for what I need, then she will respond. Yeah. And then to be able to see them go out into the world and be able to utilize that with their trusted adults, it's like they just needed that confidence of that interaction with Remy, that no judgment, very forgiving interaction with her. And they're like, okay, this is a safe thing to do now. And now I can do it. I'm like, Remy, you can just do my job sometimes, I think. (laughs) I love that. Kids really love animals sometimes. Have you had any clients that were afraid of her? Yes. Not a ton. Usually I get people that seek us out specifically because I have her. I do make very clear and upfront. This is Remy and she does come to work with me. But I have had people and they're like, listen, my kiddo is not... We don't do dogs. And so, of course, don't force that on them. And Remy's very good. She can stay in the front office by herself. But there's always this curiosity of, well, there's the dog. Well, maybe we can just see her. Well, maybe we can just toss a treat to her. So we just go at their pace. I can think of a couple clients that I've had in the past. And they're like, I don't really want anything to do with her. And I'm like, okay, I respect that. She's going to be here in the front office. You do not have to interact with her. And that's kind of how we handle that. But mostly I get people who are like, no, we want to come and see you and Remy. Yeah. I don't know if you noticed this in your program. I was going through becoming a dog trainer at the same time as becoming a therapist. And so there is so much that stood out to me in the similarities between like dog psychology and human psychology, especially when you're working with kids. And what you just described is so similar with dogs as well. Just letting them be like, if they don't want to interact with that thing, that's cool. You take it at your own pace. and. Oftentimes, they end up deciding that it's not so scary after all because they can approach it on their own terms. I totally, totally agree with that. That's a big part of my practice is meeting them where they're at. I don't have any of my own kids, but I do have that experience of helping her. And I think that applies to everybody, though, right? Not just kids, not animals, just all kinds of situations. Like, let's just meet people where they're at. Totally. And things happen. Yeah, absolutely. There he oh, is. Aw. What are you, Freddie? <laughs> He's like, what's happening? Yeah, looking around, like, what can I? Kennedy, do you have any advice for someone who's interested in working with their dogs and professional work like you do? What would I say? I think this kind of goes back to what we were just talking about, right? Like, you can't force it. Yeah. There is a lot of training that goes into it, and it does take a long time. But there has to be that drive for them to want to be around people. So if she wasn't into it and she wasn't a people dog even though that's what I want and I love that I would have to advocate for her and be like no matter how bad I want that she doesn't want it then that's something that you can really force and make happen then the other part is is so she wants it but like I said that training piece I mean we're constantly training all of the time right we don't know who's gonna come through the door we don't always know what's going to come tears or whatever it may be so she has to be solid and she has to be ready for what's next so it's constant work it's not like oh now she's a therapy dog and we're good to go it's you know it's like it's a commitment right yeah and training isn't linear and it never ends <laughs> exactly well Kennedy is there anything else that you wanted to share while you're here you know I have to like I think rescue dogs are fantastic and they have the same potential I talked a lot about like Ben's potential and picking him out to be a therapy dog. But on the flip side of that coin, I think rescue dogs have the same potential 
you know, they are fantastic too. I just have both sides and I love what you're doing and talking about therapy dogs, the important work that they do. I think sometimes it just seems like, oh, they just show up, but like we talked about, like you have talked about on other shows too. It's a lot of work and they are working very hard. Yeah, definitely. And you are too, especially in professional work. Your attention's divided. You're focused on your dog and on your client at the same time. So Absolutely. Uh, I have to put a lot of trust in her, right? We have to put all the legwork in up front so that when it's go time, I can trust her to a certain degree that she's going to go in and do what she's supposed to do. Absolutely. Well, Kennedy, thank you so much. I really appreciate taking your time and sharing your pups with us. If people want to follow your journey, they can find you at the Mental Health Muds, right? Yes, you can find us at the Mental Health Muds. It's mostly just cute dog pictures with some psychoeducation slipped in there every now and then. Um, but yeah, come follow our journey. We'll be doing more and more training with Finn. I'm excited to document that because like we talked about with Remy, I just didn't know that that's what was happening. Yeah. And now I can be more intentional about the training and documentation with Finn and kind of give a little glimpse of what does that look like and what are some things that, you know, are helpful when training for potential therapy work. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Have a great day. Yep, absolutely. Bye. Bye.